You are now listening to The Purpose Pod. Hosted by Alan Levi Simmons. This podcast is a platform to give listeners an inside perspective on purpose, business, and life experiences. If you're interested in finding purpose or discovering paths that could lead you into your purposeful life, this is the podcast for you. Thank you for tuning in. It's time for the Purpose Pod. take too much time. So my name is Kyle King. I'm a four-time author, um, CEO and founder of the Shine Institute. Um, recently founded the Blueprint Conferences where we help advance educators in the space of mental health, financial literacy, and real estate. Um, this year alone, we're going to put 100 educators in homes and we're going to provide um, $50,000 into the down payments of their homes. Um, educators are depleted and um, our company and our initiative is focusing on pouring them up so they can better inspire and impact our students. Mm-hmm. And I'm the Dean of Students at Queen City STEM School, which is here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Where we currently are right now, yes. Queen City STEM School. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're all about uh, promoting excellence within the education community and getting the teachers, principals, parents, and influencers who are into the education system uh you're you're into inspiring them to do more and do better for the students while also creating a a network of educators right exactly so you're you're doing this in charlotte and you're taking it in to charleston and or greensboro what what are charleston raleigh so my company the shine institute has worked with thirty thousand students over the across the nation as well um but specifically with blueprint conferences where planning an event in Charleston, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, and then also we're planning a conference in Raleigh, North Carolina, scheduled for October 22nd and 23rd. Okay. Um, and then we're also based here. So we're trying to really um, nail down what's needed here in North Carolina since mm-hmm. this is our home city. And then we're going to be able to slowly expand to other markets as well. Okay. That's awesome, man. And I know Charleston, you know, I'm from Charleston, rep Charleston. <laughs> Chuck Town, what up? But yeah, we uh, definitely need stuff like that because the education system is great, but we we need someone to go inside. Like when I went to your uh, Blueprint conference and I heard people speak and they were just talking about even the design of the classroom, changing the flow and, exactly. and, and the environment for students. I was like, man, this is definitely necessary. Like I want to go to a classroom where I can sit in a beanbag and, and listen to my professor, you know, exactly. and just chill and, and be able to receive the information that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I hang out at a lounge. So in a lounge atmosphere, I can I can chill and study and still get that same environment versus working in like a prison cube, you know, exactly. as I call it. So. And I feel like if nothing changes, nothing changes. And that's the problem with our educational exactly. system is that, you know, the traditional models are not working in the 21st century learning styles. Right. Um, you know, if you're a student that wants to walk around, if you're a student that wants to be engaged through art or music or entertainment, mm-hmm. we have to understand and how we have to learn how to bridge the gaps between what students need mm-hmm. and what we have to be able to provide them in terms of resources within our classrooms as yeah. well. That's good. What they need, and which, so do you feel that you guys have enough resources from, do you have support from the government and the city or, or where, where does the support come from? In, in regards to education yes. or in regards to Blueprint? Education. That's a great question. So I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because um, I believe that COVID-19 has brought up a, a major conversation surrounding education and mm-hmm. equity, yeah. the equity conversation. You know, we can talk about, um, you know, digital learning. We can mm-hmm. talk about textbooks and we could talk about technology and integrating all these different things within our classrooms or within yeah. their learning at homes. But if we have a whole 
um, community or a mm -hmm. whole demographic of people mm -hmm. that do not have access to internet, do not have access to um, healthy living conditions, do mm -hmm. not have access to even food, yeah. or do not have access to internet, how do we effectively or even expect our students to effectively learn? Right. Um, and when we have another city or another demographic of people that do have access to all of these different things, yeah. it's an equity issue. Okay. Because if resources are not shared, impact is divided and not multiplied. Right. And if we're mm. dividing the impact that we could potentially have for our students, then we're not going to be able to truly advance education. If education is the great equalizer, then education needs to be not only equal, but equitable mm -hmm. across the nation. It's not all. It's not all about talking about diversity. And we had a conversation right. with this the other day. It's all about inclusion as mm -hmm. well. So yes, we may have um, black or 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 um, African American or people of color with within these leadership positions. Mm -hmm. But if we're not a part of being represented in the decision making process right. on the state boards with the state superintendent mm -hmm. with all of these different decisions being made, mm -hmm. then our students are not benefiting as well. Yeah. And with education. Um, being a business, mm -hmm. we're the only business that has not taken account the end user, which is the student. Okay. Why aren't right. students speaking up? We're talking to teachers, we're talking to principals, we're talking to administrators, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen one news clip about mm -hmm. how do the students feel? Right. How do the students feel that aren't eating because mm -hmm. they only eat at school? Right. How do the students feel that come from abused homes that are now back into those same negative situations for the next, how couple, do, weeks. For the next <laughs> couple of months, maybe, months, you know? Yeah. So we, we don't understand the true in, importance that our educational systems play and not just with learning, but also with support for our students, with mm -hmm. nurturing, with counseling, with sometimes parenting. Yeah. So now we uh, we expect our students to just go back to their home lives like everything is okay, yeah. like this is supposed to be a vacation. Right. But sometimes our students realize this as hell right. for this them. Is, this is going to be it, terrible. It's going to be pretty for them, <laughs> right. you know? And then... Jeez. We can look at our parents and, ex and expect them to be more engaged with mm -hmm. their with their children, or we can look at some parents, and the reality of it is, is that this is just going to hurt their children even more. Right. So yes, um, there's an opportunity to create resources within our communities, mm -hmm. um, but no, the government nor our corporations are doing a good enough job with providing resources for not only our students, but for our teachers as well. Mm -hmm. We are not ready for what just happened. We yeah. were not ready. Yeah. We've been having this 21st century conversation for months, if not for years. Mm -hmm. We knew it was coming. Right. So we should have been more prepared when COVID-19 dropped and we had to go to, to the home for yeah. classrooms. For classes so we work. were not ready. Right. Education is not ready and we do not have the resources to be able to effectively prepare our students to complete to compete mm -hmm. against the global economy. Right. That's that's real, man. I mean, you should run for office. No, no. Superintendent. No, King. Man, but that's that's real. So what gave you this this passion and what brought you into you know the educational system to to where you're now dean of students? That's a great question. So uh whew, in 2013 I had the opportunity of studying abroad in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, I, I understood the um I had an opportunity of researching not just the economics as a whole, um, being an underrepresented, underdeveloped um, economy, but also being able to research the educational system as well. Yeah. And I was I was inspired because I, I walked into a classroom and with no chalkboards, mm -hmm. with no smart boards, with no um, with no technology yeah. at all. And these kids were more focused, more engaged, and more educated than any student that I've ever seen in America. 
Wow. Um, because they wanted it. Yeah. And it was more so of education was a privilege and not a right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, I wanted to be able to start all of these international programs. And when I came back to America, my father sat me down. He said, you have the same issues that are occurring right here in our backyard. Right. You need to fix your backyard first before you go internationally and fix theirs. Mm -hmm. um, because I believe that if we were to just provide these students internationally with the right opportunities or with the right resources, then right. maybe these students could be the most brilliant minds in the world. Right. And you see that a lot. These international students are coming to American universities mm -hmm. and taking over. Taking over. Um, <laughs> and our American <laughs> students are not being equipped, educated, and truly empowered to be the best that they need to be. So I came back, started a nonprofit organization, um, got support from my local uni my university at the time mm -hmm. and local businesses, mm -hmm. and it kind of just spiraled um, forward from there. Yeah. Um, that then became an LLC, the Shine mm -hmm. Institute. Then we had digital programs. We opened up our first enrichment center, yeah. and we've been able to really do some major things, um, not just here in Charlotte, but in Atlanta market and the northern northeast as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then my first book was released, and then my second, third, fourth. Yeah. Um, and now I'm working on my fifth. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been a great journey. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I believe working in the school system, um, it's really taught me that from an entrepreneurial perspective, I, I see and I work with a lot of companies and a lot of businesses. And um, coming back into the school was my my give back yeah. um, because I needed to be closer to the problem mm -hmm. because I can talk as an entrepreneur and create programs and all these different things. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not in the school and if I'm not really focusing on what teachers are actually battling with, yeah. if I don't really see what some of these students are battling with, mm -hmm. if I don't really understand what the lack there of leadership is battling with, mm -hmm. then I couldn't truly be impactful as an entrepreneur. Right. So understanding that students, um, a lot of this thing, a lot of what we're seeing comes from home. Mm -hmm. You know, parents are the first teachers. I heard something the other day that the first small group assignment, the first small group breakout session starts yeah. at home. Yeah. And it is it is it's sad mm -hmm. that a lot of parents and as a father to a yeah. four year old, is it's sad that a lot of parents. Um, they're, they're not doing their job at home. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. And it's, it, it gets me emotional because I've been able to be more intentional with this, this digital days or mm -hmm. homeschooling in a sense, because I'm doing flashcards with my four year old every day. He's learning right. his sight words. He's learning um, his different languages and mm -hmm. all these different things. And I think about him being at four years old, he already understands how to count from zero to 100 yeah. and what our kindergarten student is supposed to do. Right. And he already understands all of his sight words and yeah. all these different things that, yes, I'm more intentional about what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. But there's millions of mm -hmm. parents that aren't that intentional. Yeah. And the resources are out there, yeah. but our school systems aren't doing a good job with building those parent-teacher community relationships hmm. or the student-parent community relationships. Yeah. Our school systems are focused on enrollment and retention, mm -hmm. but they're not providing the support for me to stay enrolled and stay retained at the right. school system. Yeah, and that's and that's another part. So from from there, there should be parent educator uh, classes because, like you said, like the parents have to become the educators. I remember. My parents sitting down trying to help me with homework that they did not understand. So, you know, it's important for parents to also understand the importance. And this is what we're about to roll into of being excellent in in every sphere as, as a parent. If you're a parent, you got children in school. Mm. So you still have to study. You still have to get yourself ready to teach your child because you want you want to do what you do. You want to be able to give your kids sight words. You want to be able to give your kids math problems and teach them so that they don't struggle in school, do you feel like that is something that parents should be doing? Like just 
preparing themselves. Yes. So I have I have definitely something to say about that. Um, So I think I saw something weeks ago that talked about um, you are the example for your student. Yeah. And I was in the car with my son and we were driving and I was asking him, I was like, you know, Carter, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, I want to be Spider-Man. I want to be Batman and all these different things. And he, he challenged me, he said, Daddy, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, well, I want to be the first African-American secretary of education. Yeah. He looked at me. I looked back at him in the rearview mirror. He was like, Daddy, what does that do? So as I'm explaining Mm -hmm. to him what it does and what it is and the importance of it from to a four year old, Mm -hmm. um, he was like, you know, what does that take? So I'm talking to him. Does it take hard work and all these different things? I'm able to really coach him. Mm -hmm. And when I'm home, I'm still in my master's program. I'm I'm studying. And he asked, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm studying. And then he sits next to me. He goes and gets his flashcards and sits Mm -hmm. next to me. So what I say is Mm -hmm. that we are the example and we have to model the behavior that we expect from our children. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't model the behavior at home, how do we expect our children to effectively be able to retain what's being Mm -hmm. modeled in the classroom? You heard feelings right now, bro. and that's the reality. And that's the reality. And I challenge parents all the time because right. at, at the end of the day, yes, I'm a new parent. I'm mm-hmm. I'm 27. My son's only four, and there's a lot yeah. of parents out here that have done it better and for longer. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is that we have to challenge our parents and hold them accountable more to understand mm-hmm. that if your child is underperforming at school, you are underperforming as a parent. And that's a that's a tough pill <laughs> to swallow. It is because you have to be real with yourself. And I was talking to Kendra about that yesterday. We have to be real with ourselves. We have to ask ourselves questions. Am I being the best parent that I can be, you know, or, or am I slacking? And the reason why I feel like a lot of children end up slacking is because their parents are slacking in, in different areas. And it's okay to, like, people have to understand that it's okay to receive criticism, constructive criticism, because if you come to a parent, you say, hey, you know what? And not, you know, your wording has to be right. Like, hey, sir, you know, have you have you tried to sit down with your son? Or if you can't help them, do you have someone that can come in? But you have the parents have to be a part of it. Like you don't want to just stick your son with a tutor and be like, you know, you want to be sure that they know that you're with them on this journey. Exactly. You know, and that's just I don't have kids yet, so this is just my idea of what I would do with my my kids. It was the same for me. I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent here. I hated when my parents told me what to do with my son. You know, and it's kind of like I I hated whenever, and I have a great relationship with my parents, Mm -hmm. but I felt as if. As a father, I'm going to do this the way that I think is best. Yeah. And that's how parents feel. Like, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> right. But sometimes the best way that you were taught how to do it is not the best way for your child. Right. And it, similar yeah. in school, maybe I was yeah. taught as an educator to teach this student this type of way. Yeah. But I may have six students that need it six different ways. Yeah. And we call that in education dif- differentiation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and I, I talked about this the other day as well about how we are all artists Mm -hmm. within the classroom, right? Whatever you do, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. And there may be different tools that you have to use as a part of your toolbox Mm -hmm. to be able to build that masterpiece. So I may have to use this brush Mm -hmm. or this painting to blend those paintings together. And we call it in education, blended learning. So there's all types of different styles Mm -hmm. for those different types of students. But at the end of the day, you have to learn how to use all of your tools to build a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Because what may be... A da Vinci mm-hmm. may be able to use a pencil to create a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I may need some paint. Right. I may need chalk or all these different things. So how can we bridge all these things together to truly impact and educate and empower our children in the mm-hmm. future? That's what it's about. And you have to be willing to be humble. You have to be willing to be coachable. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to be vulnerable yeah. to understand what you need. Yeah. And I, I agree 
um, what what's we, being said over here. You have to be willing to unlearn everything that you were being taught yeah. and relearn, yeah. and then be willing to unlearn it again right. and relearn it. Yeah. And I believe, and I, I don't want to I don't want to take over, but I, I believe good. that we have to do a better job as parents asking our children what do they need from us mm, instead of what they need. <laughs> Instead of being always the ones that say, yeah. I'm your parent and you need this is because I this is what I think you need yeah. or this is what I believe you need. Mm -hmm. If you're really able to sit down with your child, give them the space to have that conversation with you yeah. and have that open dialogue, mm -hmm. I guarantee you will impact your child more in the long run mm -hmm. than now. So before we move on, I want you to drop like maybe three good little uh, things for parents, takeaways for parents right now in this area of the conversation. Oh, <laughs> you know, for a challenge, maybe even a challenge, like some a challenge them to do something with their children uh, with education that that would be good during this uh, coronavirus. For sure. Season. So I, I challenge parents to first ask your children um, instead of what do they want to be when they grow up? What do they want to create when they grow up? Because I think a lot of times we're focused on this job title and this occupation right. instead of what opportunities your child can create for the world to be a better place. So ask them what do they want to create and help them figure out what that thing is and help them what are the resources that you need? What is the process that you need to take? Right. And align all of those character values in terms of integrity, resilience, hard work, discipline, all of those different things align with that creation, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, have conversations with, with them and not have conversations at them. Mm -hmm. Be able to have their voice. Children need to um, be felt, heard, valued, and respected. Mm -hmm. So if that's not happening within your home, it's probably not going to be able to be received within the classroom as well. And Say then if it's not being received within the home, mm -hmm. it's not going to be able to be received within the classroom as well. Okay. So being able to be mm. heard, respected, and valued, they need to feel those. And then number three, I believe, when is the, the last time that you've allowed your child to challenge you? Mm. <laughs> and that's the tough one. Yeah. When is the last time that you allowed your challenge to cha your child to challenge you, to maybe challenge how you told them something, mm -hmm. or challenge how you disciplined them? And I want to talk about that last point <laughs> before we move on. So if your discipline strategies at home do not align to your child's academic achievement, then you're not doing the right way through discipline. Mm. If your discipline needs to be attached to academic or or achievement in life, uh, so beating beating your child. Is not is not helping them. Right. Right. It's not, and I can talk about historical context and all of that on another podcast uh -huh. on another day. But what I what I recommend, what I recommend, my advice and my suggestion to parents is attach your child's discipline to achievement in their lives. Yeah. So what works for me sometimes, all right, I, I understand that you don't want to do note cards all night and you want to play on your iPad or you want to go play with your friends. Right. So you weren't listening. Let's let's get these note cards out. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're still learning your sight words. You're still learning how to read. You're still reading out loud. You're still comprehending what you're saying, but yeah. I'm still teaching you a valuable lesson in the process. Right. That is that is deep. That is, um, <laughs> I'm trying to write down all the gems, bro. Because <laughs> that that was that's so deep because you know I um when I think about like my nephew Theo, or I shouldn't be shouting out his name. Sorry, <laughs> one of my nephews out there in the world. But back in the day, back in the day, let's a little back in the day, um, when when he was probably like five or six, mm -hmm. right? He was acting up. So I was like, hey, Dale, I took his took his crowns or whatever, and I just knocked it out of his hand. It's like pick them all up, right? 
And I'm thinking this is discipline, Marine Corps discipline. <laughs> pick them up. No, one by one, pick them all up. So I made him squat down, pick them up, put them in a bag. And I thought that was teaching him something, but it wasn't. So discipline, I guess that would be another podcast, but I'm thinking discipline that is not constructive discipline mm. is not discipline. It's really hurting them and not helping them. So if you say, oh, you, oh, you want to be bad today? Okay, take those note cards or go read that book. Go finish reading that book. Da, 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 you know, and they start, instead of you physically harming them, becoming their enemy, they're now like, okay, well, he's not trying to hurt me. He's trying to help me. And then at the end of the day, probably when they're like 27, they realize, like, they oh, realize my, it then. my dad. <laughs> or, or like this, man. Yeah. And, and you say something so powerful. So having that conversation and having what we call restorative conversations mm -hmm. and restorative parenting practices and yeah. restorative practices within the classroom, how about, all right, you um, – you count uh, count me how many crowns you have in mm. your um in your toolbox or whatever, yeah. right? Mm. You know, Carter. My son's name is Carter, so mm. he may throw his crayons. Carter, pick those up for me. But when you're picking them up, count them count for me. me. Right. Well, <laughs> hold on. Match the greens with the reds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what two? What color does red and blue make? Mm -hmm. And then we're having a conversation. Right. And then as I'm having the conversation, he's learning something. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, Carter. Do we supposed to be doing this? Right. Why don't we supposed to be doing this? Right. You say you want to be Batman and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Would they be doing this? What is not listening? What if a cop doesn't listen? Right. What is a, You say you want right. to be a Marine. What if a Marine yes. doesn't listen? Yeah. What are all of the different things that could potentially happen? Now you're teaching them problem solving, right. conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to attach discipline with achievement and then bridge in character education mm -hmm. so that they can be better in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's excellence. That's and I know we were talking about excellence yeah, we're earlier. Gonna, we're, yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah, get we're there. We're gonna get there. Right? <laughs> this, but this is this is excellence in parenting and education. So like, because sure. like ed, excellence isn't just like business. Excellence has to be a uh, three sixty. Exactly. You know, in every area of our life. So if you're a parent, this is definitely some diamonds. And if you're not a parent, then this is going to be good for you in the long run. You for know, sure. so. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm looking at like five different yeah, cameras, like but we're, we're trying to get y'all all in here to include y'all in this conversation. I wanted to uh, look over this real quick to include some of what they were saying. Um, all education starts at home. Exactly. With or without the crisis, the parent-child interaction should always be at the forefront. That's right. Sandridge, that's right, bro. That's my Marine brother right there. Because... You could run and win. She said you could run and win. I appreciate that. Away. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Yeah. So we're having great conversations. Thanks, brother. You said we're good. Anybody over there got questions? Questions, questions. No questions yet. Just Any really comments right now. Okay, awesome. Oh, somebody said. Oh, right there. That's Kendra. That's Kendra. What she said. What do you want to create? Yeah, she, so she just okay. put the question that I asked. Yeah. So... We just did parenting and excellence, and that was that was a good. I appreciate you. <laughs> so that, that, that might need to be a. We might have to add <laughs> on to that because I, I I feel I feel really passionate about that because children are our future. Like when we get 70, 75 years of age, our children are going to be in our seat. Let me challenge that, man. Because if we keep yeah. having this conversation that children are our future, right, we're not going to be able to provide them. Provide for they're them in the present. They're our present. You they're know what our, I mean? Children are our present. They're right now. Right. They're and important now. We are. Family. We are. So it's so much more important for us to be what we need now mm -hmm. because our kids are modeling all of this. We can't expect for them to be what they need in the future if we're not giving them to that now. Mm. Yeah. That's so if we fact. talk about excellence, man, like kind of wrapping around. So excellence to me is not an accident. Mm -hmm. Like excellence is three things. It's mm -hmm. intention, 
Mm-hmm. It's effort and it's intelligent execution. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that it's being able to understand how to really understand the alternatives and how to truly make choices. And that's mm-hmm. what my first three books were about, the mission plan series, mm-hmm. the decision, the de- uh, discovery, and the destiny, mm-hmm. is being able to understand that life is one big ball of dis- decisions. Yeah. If you do this, it's going to be this consequence. If you do that, it's going to be that consequence. Mm-hmm. And being able to understand how my decisions can align or if your decisions don't align to what you want to be in the future, mm-hmm. then why are you making it? Are you now you have a character mm-hmm. issue. So now I need to focus more on character. Now, if you are aligning your decisions with where you want to be in the future, then and, and something's not happening mm-hmm. that you need, now we have an execution issue. Right. So I can focus on the strategy issue. But if it's in the middle, now I just have an effort issue. Why right. aren't you working hard? Maybe then you haven't defined your purpose as a person. Mm-hmm. So if you have an effort issue, that means you're just not aligned with purpose. If you have an execution issue, that just means that you're not aligned with some strategy and I can teach you that. But if you have an intention issue, that means you just don't have character and Mm -hmm. I need to help you with character. Mm. So you do help people, right? You help people with doing those, right? Because I mean, if you're writing about it, you're talking about it, do you coach people on those? I live that. You live it. Yes, we live that. And I, I feel like it's not, about discipline it's being able to integrate a lifestyle within mm-hmm. what you do so every conversation that i have every um friendship or relationship that i develop right. it's all focused on those key things mm-hmm. because everybody who knows me or everybody who has joined these different lives knows mm-hmm. that it's all about intelligent execution so right. like with me i'm writing a book in eight days right. i believe i'm an optimistic person i believe in this time of crisis in this time of tragedy the reality mm-hmm. of it is the reality of is it, this is just a more time to create opportunities. Right. So why don't, all of the things that you said you didn't have time for, you now have time for. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you doing it? Doing and there's going to be a whole wave of people after this that is, oh, now I'm going to get ready because we're right. out of this. Why weren't you getting ready when we were through right. this? You have more time. <laughs> more so time. I'm writing a book and it's going right. to be done in eight days and my followers are going to be a part of the journey. It's mm-hmm. going to be called The Educator's Blueprint. Okay. Because if you look at a house and all of the different things that are created to customize some home Mm -hmm. what if you could walk into a school system and it's a customized educational experience for your child Mm -hmm. so i'm writing this book and it's going to be done in eight days and i'm going to give it away to a thousand educators for free Mm -hmm. to be able to help them in the classroom and i know we have a question over here it says how do we get corporate america more involved in education and i believe that's that's so important Mm -hmm. If we learn how to bridge the gap between business or industry and academia, that's where truly education, where we talked about those resources earlier, Mm -hmm. that's where we get more influence within Mm -hmm. our classrooms, more impact and more truly educated people. Mm -hmm. So where corporate America can come in is being able to work with teachers and work with administrators, work with administrators first on how leadership as as a part, because I believe that just because you're the principal, administrator, assistant principal, or superintendent, that does not make you a leader of an organization. Mm-hmm. And truly challenging the system as a whole, if I don't, if I couldn't follow you, if you weren't my boss, mm-hmm. you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. If the only reason that I follow you is because you signed my checks, mm-hmm. that means you're not a, not a leader. So really corporate American can come in and work with administration on how to truly lead organizations. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, corporate America is doing it very well. Right. Or teach teachers how to truly be um, be able to connect industry practices mm-hmm. and bridge them within the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. 
how are we teaching entrepreneurship? How are we teaching um, science? How are we teaching engineering and all these different things within the classroom? Mm -hmm. If our teachers have never went to engineering school, they've never been engineers. They've never been entrepreneurs. Yeah. They've never been business owners. They've never been doctors, mm -hmm. but we're developing and leading the next um, generation of doctors and entrepreneurs and right. all these different things. Mm -hmm. So I believe that comes into play with corporate America as well. Being able to, there's three ways that you can give. You can give your time, you can give your talent, or you can give your treasure. Mm -hmm. Giving your time, corporate America or anybody that's not in the educational system, come in and speak, come in and train, come in and professionally develop. You can give your talent. If there's something that you can do that can advance students and advance teachers and connect that lesson as a part of the curriculum as a whole, mm -hmm. then come in and give that talent and teach our students what's necessary mm -hmm. and what's needed as we move into graduating the students to be able right. to compete across this global economy. Right. And then give your treasure. Put your money where your mouth is. Right. If we understand that students are not eating, students are homeless, parents are homeless, and all these different things, but corporate America has billions of dollars to, to, to move throughout every single day, mm -hmm. then put that money into our school systems. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you are investing in our school systems, then it's a future return on investment right back into these companies. But they want to invest in Apple. You know, that's what they want to do. Honestly. Like, no, that's, no, the, truth, that's, that's the, the truth. That's the truth. But, and and, but you make a good point. Like, so we prefer to invest in products like Apple, Boeing, and all this other stuff, right? Netflix. But the, the people who are creating the technology are the students coming from the school system. So if we can better the school system, we can better the technology. Everything. You know, so investing everything. investing in the school system should be our first priority. I mean, we all that's one thing we have we all have to one come from the womb, you know, of mm -hmm. our mother. Two, we all have to go to school, right? We all have to go to school. So even in elementary school, you you have to go to school. There's no like, oh, I don't want to go to elementary school. You have to go to elementary school. So why aren't we investing into the thing that everyone has to do? Exactly. You know. And and why aren't we uh, addressing the people that are struggling? Like I went to another school recently and I uh, spoke to their staff and there are students who are homeless. There are students who don't have food, you know, and this is before coronavirus, you know, so. so And it's so going? disappointing, Alan. Like it's so disappointing. I talked about that because so I was fortunate enough to have contacts and a network of people that in 11 days, 11 days, we fed 160 families, mm -hmm. 160 families. Mm -hmm. So I was able to work with Hurdles and Heels and Lanier, Lanier Malone. Mm -hmm. And in this time, so we raised enough food in 48, no, 72 hours mm -hmm. to feed 168 families. And in wow. 11 days, everything was gone. Wow. So the reality of it is, why weren't we doing this before COVID-19? Mm -hmm. Why weren't we all collectively coming together as a community? Why weren't all these companies providing free resources? Free resources. Why wasn't Spectrum <laughs> providing free Wi-Fi? Right. Why wasn't all of these companies more graceful right. about all of these people that are truly struggling within this time? Right. We talk about digital learning. We talk about um, 21st century learning. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have the resources, we will never be able to advance not only our students, but these companies. Right. Exactly. Period. Period. Because <laughs> the students... The students like when I graduate from school and when you, when we graduate from college or whatever we do in life, that takes us into our future. So the better student I am as an engineer student, the better engineer I'll I'll be. Exactly. You know, and I don't know the resources on. Can, I'm, I don't even want to bring up my school. I don't <laughs> want to get sued out here. For sure. Um. So I was gonna ask. 
about uh, striving for excellence. Does it ever harm people to strive for excellence? Can it harm someone? Like they're once they find out that they don't have what it takes and they usually like, so here's the, here's the process. So someone says, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. They practice excellence. Okay. I'm going to take five minutes a day. Like me and Kendra were talking, take five minutes a day and I'm going to work on my book. But then they, they start slacking and they're not excellent anymore. You know, are they, they show up late for meetings and they do all this other stuff. So does excellence striving for excellence, can it, can it harm you? And if it does, which it, I think it can. If it does, what can people do after they they fall from from excellence, falling from excellence? I'm gonna try to um, I'm gonna try to answer this question as much as as best as possible. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever think that you can fall from excellence. Mm-hmm. Kobe may have not won every time that he got to the championship. He may not want, have went to the championship every mm-hmm. single year, um, but he was excellent. Yeah. He may have not hit every game winning shot. He may have missed some, you know, rebounds. He may have missed some free throws, but he was excellent. And the reason why is because he was in that gym before the game even started in the night before. And everything that he, at the end of the day, I believe that excellence and perfection are two completely different things. Perfection is not attainable. Excellence is. Excellence is a lifestyle. Excellence is resilience. Excellence is longevity. Excellence isn't a rapper that gets hot right now and pops. (laughs) Right. And then two years later, that's not excellence. Right. So we talk about the baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's hot right now, but let, let, let's see if that longevity, mm-hmm. then that's excellence. Yeah. So if we look at the true greats, mm-hmm. they were doing that for a long mm-hmm. time. Yes. They may be, may be hot right now. Yes. They may be mainstream right now, mm-hmm. but true excellence happens even if the fall. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So Malcolm X had a fall mm-hmm. and then he came back in excellence before, you know, he was assassinated and mm-hmm. all these different things. So mm-hmm. I truly believe how people can continue to excel mm-hmm. even when they're falling mm-hmm. is remember their why and why they started. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people when they're falling, they, re- they forget the reason of their why and they let their circumstance dictate their true calling yeah. in life. And Specific to what you said, like everybody's just not built for it. Mm -hmm. And I do agree with you, but I disagree a little bit as Mm -hmm. well. Everybody may not be built for like me to be a 10 time author by the age of 30, Mm -hmm. but you were built for something that Mm -hmm. I was not built for. And if we understand purpose more than just trying to figure out profit, Mm -hmm. then we will be more successful and more excellent Mm -hmm. in everything more than those people that are just excelling. Excelling, yeah. So I think we have to find our lane and what truly makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. And I believe that a lot of times our aspirations apprehend people Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. were so focused on being that thing and that thing did not happen Mm -hmm. and you forgot to truly find who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. So you operating in the space of who you are, you operating in the space of what you were gifted to do Mm -hmm. or what you were blessed to do, Mm -hmm. that's what's gonna help you way more than you just saying, hey, I I, I went to um, engineering school and got my degree. Right. Like you, just because you went to an Ivy League school doesn't make you an Ivy League student. Mm, facts. Period. That's facts. <laughs> so finding your why and finding your 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 who, like who are you? Exactly. Like who are you? Knowing who you are before you go chasing something. You know, like it just reminds me of somebody who if they get a million dollars today, like they have no character development or anything. Nothing. Never handled big money, but they get a million dollars. And what do we, what do you do with that? They're going to lose it. They're going to lose it. I think a lot of people, they ask me for... They asked me for a, a lot of different things. No, we don't do Androids. No. Uh, 
a lot of people ask me for a lot of different things. So I've had people like, hey, would you invest in my product or would you invest in me or can I hold a thousand dollars or whatever the case may be? And it's just like, no, you can't mm -hmm. because that's a that's a loss of an investment. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you need to learn. See, everybody wants to be successful without understanding the steps and make the sacrifices to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like everybody wants to get married, but not be married. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be in a relationship, but not do the very things that's needed to stay in the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in business. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to say, hey, I'm a business owner, but they're not for, uh, filing their quarterly tax returns yeah. or they're not truly understanding their books or they're not truly promoting people mm -hmm. or they don't have processes or systems in place to be able to scale their organization. Mm -hmm. Look, there is a process and there are sacrifices that happen in everything. And that's what true success is. Mm -hmm. You have to fall in love with the process more than you want the success. Mm, so yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, I have another book coming, but it's like, I just love the process of saying like, look, we did it again. Right, right. It's not about what the book looks like. I don't care how much revenue it makes, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I've fallen in love with the process of being successful. Mm -hmm. And that's why I truly believe that I've been able to be successful. Right. That's good. I like that. So, so not getting so caught up in the, the end goal, you know, and, oh. and, and uh, oh, I'm going to make this much. I'm going to be in this place because I'm sure people who are going to school for nursing or to be a lawyer and to be whatever in life, it takes time. Time, bro. And if you don't love it, if you don't love the process, then you're going to give up. And I've done that a lot of times in my life. Like I started my own. Uh, I started a website back in the day for poetry. I started things, but I wasn't passionate about it. I just I was interested in creating stuff. Um, but yeah, so, so being passionate is, is the most important thing about chasing your dreams and stuff. And I feel like if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you need to stop doing it. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's just wasting your time and wasting your resources. So a quick strategy for everybody that's watching right now is what are those things that just keep you up at night? What are those things that you continue to just, you can't stop talking about, or you can't stop thinking about? Mm -hmm. What are those things that you're always wanting to do? Yeah. Those are the things that you need to be doing. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's, that's facts. That's facts. <laughs> what we good on there? Yes. Okay. So how are you practicing excellence? And I'm going to look on that. Okay, right cool. While you talk. Um, so how am I practicing excellence? I don't believe in uh, schedules. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. Um, so I operate in a very interesting space. So you still with me? Yeah. I'm okay, cool. I feel like excellence isn't about discipline. It's about a lifestyle. So every single morning I may do the same things, but it may not happen at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I get up, I wake up, I pray, I meditate, I cook breakfast. I, I, I talk to my son. I get him situated when he's with me. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's work as usual. And yeah. every day, instead of having a to-do list, I have a to accomplish list yeah. or a, a stop doing list. Um, I read a book um, called Atomic Habits, and it talks about how you have to be able to be intentional with your actions. Mm -hmm. So every action that I essentially operate in is very intentional in what I do every single day. Yeah. So how do I practice excellence? I don't know. It's, that's a really interesting question. I feel like I've put a system in place in my life that everything that I do is attached to excellence. Mm -hmm. Like even how I fold my clothes when I get them out the laundry is excellence. I make my bed every single morning like the hotel does. It's excellence. Yeah. I can make sure that the kitchen is clean every night before I go to bed because it's excellence. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do, it's not just I'm ex I'm excelling at school or I'm excelling when I'm talking to kids or I'm excelling when I'm on that stage or I'm excelling when I'm writing that book. Mm -hmm. Every single thing I'm doing mm -hmm. is my absolute best. Mm -hmm. So I think if you operate like that and 
everything that you should do is the same. Right. It's not like I'm a different person or like I'm, oh, he's being lazy today mm -hmm. or you're a completely different person. No, when I'm having conversations with people, mm -hmm. I'm in their ass, just yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. When I'm having conversations with my parents, mm -hmm. we may debate and go back and forth talking about these things. So I feel like how you practice excellence is ingrained in your lifestyle. And when it's something that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and you love, that's not hard. Mm -hmm. It's, yo, you don't mm -hmm. have to remember the lines if you're not acting. Right. Mm. Like you don't ever forget the lines right. if you're not acting. Right. And I think a lot of people are out here trying to act and remember this or remember to do this and all these different things because mm -hmm. it's not you. Right. When you're really being right. you and like Chantel just said on here, mm -hmm. if you're really being intentional, mm -hmm. nothing, it's, it just operates as excellence. Then yeah. you start meeting people yeah. and then people just start hitting you up in your DMs. You start getting invited places and all these different things. I got accepted to four different national conferences within a week mm. just by being intentional. Wow. To speak at different conferences. Mm -hmm. So we sold out my first conference in 11 days. Yeah. 11 days. And I never had put on a conference before. Yeah. So it's all of these things awesome. just happen, bro. Yeah. It, when it's a lifestyle, opportunities come, relationships form, love is created, good energy is put out there, all of those different things. Yeah. It just happens. I was a five, four or five time author before 25. Mm -hmm. I want to write 10 books before 30. Right. It's possible. it's possible while being a single father, mm -hmm. while having a full time job, while managing a company, mm -hmm. while being a student in my master's program. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Everybody out here talks about oh, I'm a single mom. No, my mother was pregnant at 13 years old. Yeah. And now is a, a vice president at Volvo. Mm -hmm. It's wow. possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? No college degree. Yeah. So it's just like all of these different things that we put out there to say like, oh, um, because of this or because of that or because no, that's. That's not it. Those are just excuses. Mm -hmm. Excellence is no excuses. Mm -hmm. Just get it done. Just get Period. It done. Just get it done. This is real right. <laughs> hey, Coach Kyle is in the game. <laughs> Coach Kyle is in the game. Just get it done, man. Serious. I was about to do what Jeffrey wrote. I, I couldn't write it down, so I was trying to listen. But um, Jeffrey, I saw what you said. I don't know if you could go on uh, my Facebook Live, Jeffrey. That would be great. I appreciate it because I'm not. I can't see my screen right now. So all my IG people, I love you guys, but I'm just gonna. I got you guys chiming in, like watching this. I can't really see your comments until later. But we can. Um, we'll go back through and say something, maybe. No, nah, for sure, too. for sure. Okay, cool. And um, so yeah, we got powerful, great. No questions over there. No, we don't have any questions. I appreciate you, Chantel, for saying be intentional. Awesome. I appreciate. I appreciate you, Crazy Asia, dropping them gems. I appreciate you, Kendra. It's real live here. Greg. We dropping some. I'm. I want to read what Jeffrey uh, said. For sure. Quick. Sorry. He says, "People don't burn out because of what they do. They burn out because they forget why they are doing it." That's a fact, bro. And I love. I love what Miss Brown just said on on your Facebook Live here. She said, "You never have to just do one thing. It's a mindset." I love it. Yeah. And and I want to. I want to tap into that for just thirty seconds. It's probably going to be a minute because I can be long winded sometimes. I feel like so many times when we are good at acting, people want us to be an actor. When we're good at dancing, people want us to be a dancer. When we're good at um, one thing, they expect us to be that one thing. Right. And I want to tell all of the followers, all the people listening, you need to stop operating in nouns and you, you need to continue to be a verb. It's not about being that one thing. Yes, you may have been gifted to dance. You may have been gifted to act. You may have been gifted to sing. But that doesn't mean that you just need to be a singer. You could be the singer that dances, acts, and sings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me, yes, I'm an educator, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a father and all of these different things. 
I think we we're so focused on this mindset of thinking in the box or even thinking outside the box. But you need to realize that there is no box. You can be whoever you want to be and you can create whatever you want to create. You can do whatever you want to do. And I think our my boy George tells me all the time, dog, you can shift as soon as yesterday. Hmm. Yes, y'all may know me as an educator today, but if I'm if I just say forget it, I, right. I'm not feeling it no more. I could go be a chef tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow, <laughs> if, I'm, if, yo, if I'm excelling in it, right. I could go try out for the NFL. The next, right. it's like, look, exactly. I feel like we get so caught up in this one thing. Right. You got to create your own lanes. You got to create your own yeah. impact, and yeah. that's how you continue to impact the world. Right, like. 10 years ago, I never would have thought that I'd be having this conversation in regards to education. Mm -hmm. But everything just aligned. Yeah. And my experiences as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, as all these different things, has made me stronger mm -hmm. as an educator. And I feel like there's something coming after this and my experiences in education mixed with the experiences as a uh, business owner, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. what's happening to the next step? Right. So I think a lot of times we're saying like, oh, what's next? Or or what's happening after this, stop thinking of what's happening next. Mm -hmm. There's a quote out there that talks about experiences. Just live within the experience. Stop mm -hmm. trying to say, oh, this or that. Yeah. Just be present and intentional about what you're doing. I work with youth, I have no clue about their why. What is your advice on helping youth find their purpose? So I feel like um, I said something, a quote that I like is, the lack of exposure is the friend of failure. The lack of exposure is the friend of failure. And what I mean by that, uh, Mr. Victor, is how I would advise students or my suggestion to be able to help students find their purpose is to expose them to a lot of different things. So I'm going to give you my, my story, my example. So when I was um, growing up, I wanted to be a nephrologist. And what that is is a, a kidney specialist, a surgeon that works on the kidneys. And I wanted to be that is because my grandmother, my great grandmother all passed away from kidney diseases, renal failure. And through me going and having experiences working with Duke Medical School as a high school student, as a program, H prep program. And then I took chemistry in college. I said, look, this is just not for me. And then I thought I wanted to work on Wall Street and then interned on Wall Street and started doing all these different things. Thought, uh, thought I wanted to work for the government. Then I had an internship with the USDA. Thought I wanted to do all of these different things. And then I just started trying it out, trying it out, interning, volunteering, serving in all these different areas. And I realized that, look, the purpose of inspiring, the purpose of empowering, the purpose of educating and teaching people never shifted, but maybe the direction and how I do it did. So my advice to anyone that has somebody that is youthful or even yourself, if you haven't defined your why, mm -hmm. is continue to expose yourself to as many things as possible, fail at those things, or be intentional. What can you learn? What can you expose yourself to? And then let that be the very thing that if your purpose will find you, you don't find your purpose. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you should say. Uh. <laughs> uh, so Jeffrey on IG says, how do I give my energy to five different things? Um, that's a powerful question. Put a system in place. So I'm gonna give you three things right now. So Yes. So put a process. What are the processes? Who are your personnel and your systems? The same thing that I, how I run my companies. So the process is, all right, if I was not doing this, if I even thought in the future that I was going to pass this on to somebody else, what process can I put in place 
that like what are the steps to being able to do that so then you can begin to delegate then personnel you have to become an expert at hiring experts mm. literally relationships too relationships too because I, i'm gonna tell all of you watching this i know this is going to be a little shift but just you are everything that you need already you should not settle for anyone that cannot give you everything that you already bring to the table they have to level you up so you have to become an expert at hiring experts in your personal relationships, business relationships, all of those different things. Because when you have personnel, when you have those people around you, they will begin to take on those other projects for you as a part of you just being the visionary, you being the creator, and now you're bouncing off ideas so that you can have accountability partners. And then the last thing is systems. Because once you got those processes, you have those personnel, then those systems are created in your life that they're just managing for you. So that would be my strategy on how do I give energy to five different things. Now to even challenge that a little bit more, Jeffrey, I want you to be intentional where that energy is coming, where that energy is going. So if that energy is going, where what's gonna give you the most bang for your buck with the least amount of either work or resources? So where are you spending the least money that's gonna give you the most impact? Solidify that, perfect that, and then move to the next thing. So don't focus on five things at one time. Focus on one thing, perfect it, then move to the next thing. I don't do all five things at one time. I know yeah. I said a lot earlier. Yeah. I focus on what I need to focus on. Like my book, that's number one priority. Everything else is secondary. Mm -hmm. So once I get that done, then it's going to be the next step. Yeah. It's all about being intentional and strategic so you can put your systems in place. Right. And, that, and that's, that's, you answered. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my wife last night and, um, I was like, yeah, man, I, I need somebody to run my uh, my Instagram for my my clothing, and she was like, well, Alan, why don't you just delegate time and do mm. it? Like on a Sunday, take time and create your content for all your pages and for all your businesses, and then that way you don't have to go throughout the week and and create a post, you know, or create content. So just delegating time, and I mean, wearing five different hats is. We should we should be maximizing our life. So the the time that we have here. So I mean, like just staying in a box. If it is something that you want to do, staying in a box, like just doing one thing, that's cool and all. But a lot of people nowadays are 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 the go getters. Like the people that are thriving right now are the go getters. People who are like, I don't want to stay this way my whole life. I don't want to repeat the cycle that my parents did or my grandparents did. You know. So um, I think it's important to know what you want to do and to know your why. Like Kyle was saying. So we're going to let's see, make sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, no more questions. Yeah, we good. We good over there. We good over here. We're for, okay. intentional, exactly. Um, and we're on fifty minutes. Oh Jesus! All right, so we're about to wrap it up. And um, you see what I do right here? Excellence three sixty. Yeah, for sure. So, oh yeah. So what are some uh, ways that people could get a hold of you first and foremost, so that we can make sure they 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 get that. For sure. So my Instagram is Kyle S. King. So Kyle, K-Y-L-E-S as in Sam, K-I-N-G. Um, my email is Kyle King at KyleSKing.com. And then as you know, it's KyleSKing.com. But also check out our Blueprint Conferences with an S.com page as well. Um, we're going to be providing free resources across the nation for educators across the nation in the, in the realm of financial literacy, mental health, real estate, and then also educational resources as well. Um, if you guys DM me, I am not the type of person that is not accessible. Um, so if you guys want to schedule a call, we can text. If I can help in any way, please let me know. 
Um, I'm not going to say my number on live because it's going to be for everybody. Right. But if you are <laughs> intentional about reaching out, I will be intentional about putting some time on my schedule so that I can sit down with you guys or we can schedule a virtual meeting um, just so that we can continue to help each other and community build. Um, that's how you can find me. So do you have any, um, what are some takeaways? So I, I know we, you went over yeah, I covered, diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> you went over some diamonds, um, but to close out and for people who may have just joined, you got to go back to the beginning because this was a word, pastor, uh, deacon, uh, president, <laughs> uh, congressman, Kyle S. King, nah, just okay. to, to drop some diamonds. But um, so you gave you gave a lot of like threes. I saw you do that a lot. Like you was like, I know, I got three. I, know, I got three. <laughs> I operate in threes, man. So yeah. it's real interesting. So I'm gonna give y'all three nuggets to leave with. So yeah, first one nuggets. is you can't measure what you can't meet, or you can't if you have you can't meet what you haven't measured. Excuse me. You cannot meet what you haven't measured. So if you want to be successful, if you want to be um successful in anything, relationships, uh, business, entrepreneurship, education, whatever you want to be successful in. You have to have something. How are you measuring that being successful? What does that look like? What does that look like for you? Being intentional with your actions. If your actions don't align with what you're saying to other people that you want to be, then there's a disconnect and that's a character flaw. So you need to dive deeper into who you are as a person and then kind of peel back that onion to figure out where you need to bridge that gap as well. And then number three, never stop being who you were, who you were called to be. I think a lot of times in my life, I was so much searching for success that I lost myself, right? I was searching for success where I was never searching for myself. So I could never identify who I was when I looked in the mirror, continue to make bad decisions, continue to have bad habits. And then when I started peeling back like, hey, I got to stop acting out here and really be me, I didn't have to memorize my lines. Mm -hmm. So I am more successful now as an entrepreneur, as an author, and as an educator, as a community leader, because it's literally just who I am. Mm -hmm. So if you are operating in who you are, you are being intentional and you are measuring your progress, celebrating those small wins, you're going to be successful. And that's all I got. And I feel like y'all can be <laughs> successful with what Kyle just gave y'all. <laughs> God bless you both. And I love how God is allowing this knowledge, wisdom to flow through you guys and in turn to us. Much love. Facts. Because this is the purpose pod and we're about purpose on this purpose pod. You know, I'm out here trying to bring these 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 people with some jewels and some <laughs> well, diamonds well. out here. We've been having some good podcasts lately. But yes, so this has been a podcast on excellence with my guest here, Mr. Cal S. King, the Blueprint Conference King, the man of the hour, the man of Charlotte, Atlanta, and Charleston, and above and beyond, the most high millionaire, billionaire, the king of king. I'm but yeah, man, so this has been a great podcast. Again, I'm Alan Levi Simmons. This is the Purpose Pod. Hope you guys join us next time, tomorrow, or the next day. Stay tuned. Peace. Appreciate y'all. IG family, I appreciate y'all tuning Thank in. If y'all have any questions, y'all link with me. Um, we'll be releasing a recap Thank video soon. Thank y'all for being here today. Oops, here it is. How do I answer it? Boom. Boom, 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 boom. That was lovely, man. My computer died. I was recording. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got it on the other stream, so I got to add you on Facebook. Did you record the audio? The audio, like just the audio by itself? Yeah. Or do you, can you like download this? I, or So I could, like I could, I just so I think I downloaded that. it from a, well, they usually put this. It should be, oh, video yeah, saved. Okay, cool. Got it. That went well, brother. Yes, sir.
Thanks, Victor. Appreciate it, brother. Can't wait to get you on here. If you're Thanks for tuning in to the Purpose Pod podcast. For more information on the Purpose Pod, follow us on social media at the Purpose Pod. For information on how Alan could help you find your purpose in life, visit www.alanlevisimmons.com.